Hello, this is Dr. Terrell Hill. Welcome to another episode of Chat and Chill with Super Hill. Today, I am very excited to have this special guest. Um, we've been trying for a while to get her. She's a busy woman. She's all over the place. But we have finally locked her down here to share her wisdom with you. We have Miss Patrina Dixon with us. It is not your money, but it's my money. That's the author here, Patrina Dixon. It's my money. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to finally be here. I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Me too. So first, so the audience know who's sitting in front of us, you know, in front of the mic here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, my name is Patrina Dixon. I am the author of the number one bestseller, It's My Money, a guided journal to help you manage your finances. And I'm a Windsor, Connecticut resident. And I also have a local TV show on Win TV to help our young people learn more about money through each of the episodes. Um, I've been teaching personal finance now all across the world. I've gone as far as Trinidad and Tobago, um, teaching it for about seven years, March, Mark, my, this is actually my seventh year doing so and I'm completely passionate about it um, because of my own experiences relative to money and the fact that I know um, people our students do not get it consistently across any across the country um, particularly here in Connecticut I made it I have I'm wait what's this quote that I know of um, when you make an observation you have an obligation and I observe our students not getting that information and I made it my obligation to make sure that that happens um, by way of me facilitating workshops as well as the books that I've authored I'm gonna make you laugh and no one is gonna know what it is all about except you and I so that sounds like something that my, my mama would say she was like Anybody can see a problem and point it out, but a real man going to see a problem and figure out how to fix it. Mm. I'm just saying. Smart lady, smart I'm lady. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just leave that one right there. Enough props for mom. So, <laughs> so what, what, tell me a little bit about your background, right? Like, how did you get from there to here, you know, into this personal finance space? Have you always done this? Because you said seven years. So what were you doing prior to those seven years? Yeah, absolutely. So one, um, I I was a single mom very early in life. And I did what a lot of people that I know, the community that I serve, which is um, work really hard, pay bills, do the best you can, live paycheck to paycheck. Although I progressed really well within uh, the company that I work for, which I still work for, been there now 29 years. And I didn't know how to do money differently. I didn't think about money the same. I thought, because I saw my mom do it and others, go to work, work really hard. When you get paid, pay your bills or not. And that's what, that was, that is what my life was. So as I mentioned, as you know, being a mom now, um, again, I've been doing it seven years professionally, but I've been doing it a long time even before that. So I then became a steward, uh, a student of money. Like I want to be a better steward of my money. I'm making a lot. I'm spending a lot. I don't have any saved. I don't have any invested. I own a home. My daughter, um, I pay for tuition at parochial schools. So I thought that I was doing well, but it really wasn't because if one paycheck didn't get directly deposited into that account, I'm like, oh, things could just crumble. So I became a steward of uh, making my money better, doing better things with my money, making money passively. So that's what I began doing. And then once I called mastered, uh, 
taking care of my money. I wanted to teach everybody how to do it. So that's how I got into the financial education space. And then I got certified, credentialed and all that to be able to do so. But I, in, I intentionally um, didn't go after certain credentials because I wanted to be able to speak to the audiences that I wanted to in the way that I felt was most relevant to them based on my life experiences relative to money. So. So sometimes, you know, I understand you, but I want to make sure because we're not on television. I like that, too. And I'm going to explore that a little bit with you in a second. But what do you mean by steward? Because I want to make sure people understand we we're not talking about like Stuart Little or none of that. <laughs> right. She says steward. Yes. So what is a steward in terms of dealing with your finances? Yes, I, I want to um, do right by it. I want to make sure that I take care of it, like I own it. And that that lends to the title of the book, It's My Money. Right. It's my money. I'm going to do right by it. I'm going to grow it. I'm going to earn more passively. I'm going to not trade uh, hours to make a dollar. Like, learning how all of that happens. So I'm the, I take care of it best. I'm going to do right by it. I'm going to ensure that it doesn't, um, you know, go away doing um, things that, aren't benefiting me and or my family providing generational wealth. So that's what a steward of your money means, taking care of it. I love giving the audience visuals. I know this is a, you know, an audible situation here. If y'all could see her when she said it's my money, you know, just imagine somebody walk up to you like snatching a pocketbook back. Like, yo, no, no, I'm sorry. You pick up the wrong bag. That's my money. Right. She hands went up. I even seen a little finch, you know, fist clenched. I'm like, oh, shoot. Like she got me going to my pocket. Like, is this hers, too? But she is serious about her money. Yes. And but I love that. Right. So this is uh, something I know I'm in an education space, mm -hmm. but I went to a business high school. Mm -hmm. Um, because I've always been interested in money since I was seven years old. Um, and I knew I didn't want to live impoverished. I can just say that, right? And I wasn't impoverished, like no clothes or nothing. But I was like, I looked around my neighborhood and I was like, man, nobody got money. I started looking at television, you know, faraway places. I'm like, these are things that I want to do. I need money. And again, you're going to laugh. We're going to have so much fun even after this podcast. <laughs> my mom was like, you like nice stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I sure do. I like nice shoes. That was determined before I was 10. <laughs> I knew that you had to get shoes made in Spain or Brazil, mm. if you you know, or Italy. That was the stamp you wanted on the shoe. Mm. Uh, not China. Mm. No shade, China. Um, <laughs> and I knew I liked shrimp, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Not the fried little ones in, in the restaurant, mm -hmm. Chinese restaurant. This is a theme here. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, right? But I like shrimp. And I liked nice clothes. Yes. And I really liked watches mm. when I was a kid. I'm like, I would see a nice watch. I'm like... I want that. Yes. And then the first time I saw a Porsche was when I was 10 years old. And I was like, I want one of those. So my mom was like, you're going to stay in school mm -hmm. so you can get you a great job and then you can make the money. But what you had said was I had a good job. I made good money. Mm -hmm. I was paying for all these things, but it still wasn't good. It wasn't Could you flesh that out some more for yeah. people? Because they think I just need a good job, right? Yes. We always say go to school, get a good job. Yes, and and, and you know this term now is six figures, right? And understanding, so you kind of need multiple six figures in order to have those things that you talked about today, right? So the the difference in it, so a couple pieces that I'll add to what you said, because it's not just the money, and you have you know even sports figures talk about having the money and then not having it, right? right. So it's about one unpacking the your mindset relative to the money. So what is the 
money that you're making and what are you doing with the money that you mm -hmm. have, right? So making sure you understand, understand that and then the education of how money works, how the banking system even works. Like for example, you can save your money into a brick and mortar bank and earn zero, 0.01% or you can put it into a high yield savings account and have it grow at whatever that high rate is. Not Silicon time. Valley Bank. <laughs> So I did a podcast episode on that. But my, my, my point is you have to understand the, the education of the financial system and the banking system is what I lacked. And that so no matter how much money I made, not knowing what to do with what I had. And it's not about making more. It's about doing with what you have on top of making more. Right. So you can have a lot. You can not have a lot today, have next year, have a whole bunch and still not know what to do with it because you don't have the education. So you have to like really dig down into how does this work? How can I make money, um, make the best decisions of my money? Where can I grow it where I don't have to do an action or a form of labor in order to get it? And What's when that called? What do you mean? Work. <laughs> work. You, said, I mean, you said don't do an action for it. Like I have in to order go for to work to and work nine to five right. in order to get money. And if I right. want more money, I have to work nine to 12 right. in order to get more money. Instead of saying, I'm going to take what I earn from nine to five, put it over here in the savings account and have it grow for me without me touching it. So it's learning. Or having what, to go to work for the, you said what, four to 12, right? Exactly. Yeah. So pick, picking up another job, working extra hours. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but you can grow your money at other ways. You can have your money in stocks and earn dividends from the companies that you have money in coming in on a quarterly basis. You can um, have, um, you know, you can have uh, digital products that you put up and you have it once there and then earn money from it. You can have a bestseller in book that you have available on Amazon and tell people about it and they buy it every other day. It's my money. So there's, there's so many, but I didn't know that. I, didn't, I thought that was for other people. You know what I mean? I thought that second home, that other car, all of that. You're about to trap me now. No, I, I'm just for other saying. Like, I'm I'm, to, I'm at... Listen. What I do is based, my experiences contribute to what I do mm -hmm. and the people that I have the fortunate opportunity to get in front of, either in person, virtually, or auto, through audio, are people that can relate to what I'm talking about because it's not about just making the money because people make money. Some people make 30,000 a year and some people make $230,000 yeah. a year. The $230,000 person or that earns that money needs the same education as the $30,000 person. So it's about getting that and knowing what to do with what you have. I had a client when I used to do one-on-one -on -one sessions that worked at McDonald's, but she was the best budgeter ever. Right? She didn't make 130,000, 230,000, but what she made, she knew where every dime was going. Every single dime because she took it very serious. And that wasn't just because she didn't make a lot. It's because she was serious about changing what she was doing with what she had. Right. So it's the education. It's the um, the understanding. Once you change your mindset, like it can be better. It's not just for other people. You then then have to execute on what you learned through that the financial education. So I, I wrote a little note here while you were talking, like handling what you have. Mm. Right. And it's even before you gave the McDonald's example. People think, uh, like I often talk to people and they'll say, oh, you you have that because of that job you have now. Mm -hmm. I, I, actually, most of the stuff that people see that they're talking about, I had years before I had this job mm -hmm. because I learned early on what Ms. Dixon's uh, saying to you guys uh, out there, taking what I have, budgeting. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've taught for years, uh, personal finance, mm -hmm. and I've done workshops, you know, I'm not around the world like her. When I go around the world, I just go on vacation. <laughs> but, you know, it's 
the first thing I teach, and my wife and I have done it together, especially in churches, right? Working together, we both have a strong backgrounds in finance and business. And when we say we're going to teach, do a personal finance workshop, people, you know, tell me if you experience this. They, you come in and they, people are ready for you to tell them, like, how they're going to make money instantly. Oh, yeah. And we always start off with, here are the basics of budgeting. Yes. And they're like, I thought you was going to tell me how to. But if, you don't, if you don't know how much you make, and where you spending it, then you can't really move in any direction. You can't, you're not doing a savings account. Yes. You're not buying, you know, mutual funds or stocks, right? That's you're right. not investing in property because you don't know what you have. Like people are quick to say, well, I don't have enough money to do that. Yes. You know, and simple, even like in education, you know, I'm not ashamed to say, I say like teachers, teachers focus a lot on their pension. Mm. And yeah, you got the pension. One of the, one of the uh, few professions left with a pension. Mm -hmm. That's great. But we also have access to our 403Bs. Mm -hmm. And I don't know the exact numbers now, but last I checked, it was still less than 40% of teachers who invest in a 403B. I and I'm like, why would you not, right? I went to the bank to deposit money for my church a couple weeks ago um, in, in another town. And it was the snow day. So was, I was the only one walking in the bank and, you know, gave money to a young lady, smiled. We got a little conversation. It was empty. And, um, you know, she's like, what do you do? I don't know what made her. Maybe, you know, who knows why she asked me that. And I told her what I did for a living. And she's like, wow. And she says, you know anything about money? I don't know where that came from. <laughs> right? I ain't going to get spiritual on y'all. But I said, well, I've been learning about money since I was a little boy. And so she says, I want to do better with my money. You know, she says, so... What are some things I can do? And I said, let me ask you this. So are you full-time? Yes, I am. I said, do you contribute to a 401k here? Because I know it's not 403b mm -hmm. and a for-profit. She's like, no. I said, I'm sure they have a matching program. Exactly. She said, what's that? I said, well, they will, for every dollar you put in, they'll put in another dollar up to a certain right. percentage. And that's right? called free money, y'all. <laughs> say, say that one more time. That's called free money, And I told her, I said, so you giving away money. And as a younger, right? I asked her how old she was. She said, I'm 23. And she said, I'm saving for a car. I said, so you saving for a car. That's not bad. So you know how to save. I said, but you're not even investing in your future. Yeah, exactly. The car is not your future. I said, that's a an asset that's just going to depreciate. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what that means, right? She said, it's not going to be worth much. I said, yeah, as time goes on. Mm -hmm. And I said, you're not going to buy some, you know, classic. So I said, when I come back here with my next church deposit in two more weeks, I'm going to check on you. Mm -hmm. So you got a slow day. Today's a snow day. You better go across this room and talk to these managers yes. and figure out how to get to HR, whatever. I need a 401k plan started. And I said, I don't care if you start with $25 yes. because just think you're going to have $50 in there because they're going to match. Yes. And I said, that's how you start growing your money. And so I did check on it. She said, I did start it. I said, okay. <laughs> I didn't ask how much because people were in there, yes. but you're talking about, so what Ms. Dixon is saying it's again, it's not how much money you make because you got folks that's making the 230000 you yes, said? Yes, I know a lot of those folks. Yes. They ain't got no money. They yeah. they sound like my friends that make 30000 Exactly. Like, yo, Troll, I'm broke. And I'm like, how is that possible? Because they're they're living beyond their means. And they're not. What happens Flesh is- Flesh that again, out. Li they, that's the perfect statement. Listen, I, I, 
I, I am certified to teach what I teach, but a, a lot of what I do come from my personal experience. And what, and what I mean by that is I spent money as soon as I got it. Before I even checked to see if it was in my account, I'm picking my daughter up, not early from school, but she didn't have to go to aftercare. I'm picking her up and we're going to the mall and we're doing whatever. And, and then Monday, after the Friday uh, fun day, the Monday regretful day, like, what did I do? Where are the receipts? Where are the tags? Don't take the tags off. We got to bring that back. Because I didn't sit down and plan out, budget out what I'm going to do with my money. So I often say I teach what I call the financial fundamentals. Like you can begin to invest and do all of this stuff, but you have to understand the basics because because hopefully your money will grow, your earnings will grow, mm -hmm. however you get it will uh, bring in more. But and if you don't get the fundamentals, like building a house, you have to have the solid foundation before you put the roof on, before you put the sheetrock up, you have to make sure that foundation is solid. When that is that way, no matter what happens, what storm, that thing will not move. And that's what you need in your finances. So, and another thing that you said was um, the 401k and this young lady not understanding that. That's why the education is important because she worked at a job. She even worked at a bank, but she didn't understand 401k. She didn't um, probably understand the difference in saving it in one account versus another type of account and how much your money can earn while being there. She may not have understood, yes, you got a credit card, but if your credit score was low, you're paying 29% likely or 20 something percent on a shirt that you bought that'll take forever if you pay the minimum payment that's all education it's not about you don't have the money you didn't you had some level of credit that you got the credit card but how much are you paying for that item right. that you're buying on that credit card if you don't understand how that how credit system works how your FICO score on um, the components of it and how it impacts your overall score so that's why the education is so important and we want to get it at the high school level because some people don't they start off right after high school and sometimes in high school starting to work. You you want them to have that foundation before they get out and start making mistakes and needed to climb out of holes like I did. And I, I literally made good money enough to send my daughter to a very expensive parochial school without any assistance. And that to me was I lived in West Hartford and we owned a car. She went to school, uh, got good education. So I was doing well. But I'm telling you, if that if my employer did not deposit because I didn't have any other income coming in. If she, if they missed the deposit, somebody wasn't getting paid. Right. And even when they make the deposit, I wasn't paying all the bills. I'm like, eh, not that one. We're going out to, at that time, Red Lobster was huge. We're going to Red Lobster. We're, <laughs> we're going, going to Red Lobster, y'all. That was the thing, For right? biscuits. <laughs> I'm just telling you, like that, the, and I, I didn't know enough other than, I got to do things differently. I was at literally, literally, this may sound like a, um, you know, a saying, but this was literal. I was at the water cooler at my employer because we would go inside of the office at that mm -hmm. time. And I heard a coworker saying um, that they were closing on their beach, whatever type of house they were closing. And I'm like, wait a minute. A like fun, she worked a fun house. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, I'm barely trying to do what I'm doing right now. You about to do what? And you have four kids. And like, I was not understanding, like, how is this happening? So I started like, I'm the inquisitive person and I am also a competitive person, but I'm looking and I'm like, okay, what am I, what am I doing wrong here? Like, why am I not understanding this? And I thought, okay, 
I don't live here. I live this place, which West Hartford is an affluent area. I don't live where I, where I would say I grew up. So I thought that was doing well, but all I was doing is putting myself in a situation that appeared like I was doing better than I was doing. And I wanted to change the dynamic of, I don't want the appearance to say I'm doing well. I want to really be doing well. And so that's when I became the student of finance. Like I need to learn more. And the more I learned, the more I learned, the more I learned, the more I got my stuff right. I'm like, I got to teach everybody this. Why don't we all know this? Like, why is this secret information? Compound interest? Like what? Like, what is that? I didn't understand that because I never had say any money saved. So I wasn't even understanding how my money could grow and get free money on top of free money. Like I didn't get that. Yep. So my mission is I want as many people as possible to understand how their current financial situation even can be different without another dollar earned. It's doing your dollars you're earning differently. And then you make more. So what I love about her from, you know, when I met her and I think it's what been about two and a half years mm -hmm. now, um, she has she has that heart where it's not like she's not the financial advisor waiting for you to get your job and then she's like okay they make enough money because I've had I have lots of people who will come to me mm -hmm. and I just <laughs> smile like oh you need a, I know how to handle money mm -hmm. so she is invested in young people learning these strategies mm -hmm. because I think what you're saying is the experiences that you had you don't want other people to go through that right? right like they don't have to wait for their water cooler moment. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? They don't yes. have to wait for that, right? Yes. And listen to somebody else closing on a vacation home. Yes. And right, and ain't no hate there. Yes. But so and the idea, right? So a district like Windsor, personal finance is a required course, right? Which the, Sorry, pause for a second. We're taking a clap break. So um and and recently we had the uh state treasurer, uh, Mr. Eric Russell, visit our school and you know, he got to talk to students from our personal finance class and they got to ask questions. You know, it was a nice visit. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really proud that Windsor, um, I didn't implement it, it was implemented, you know, before I took over as superintendent, but we're really pushing it. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what I taught when I was a high school teacher. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's I'm biased yes. completely. <laughs> but I know that Ms. Dixon, this is what she wants young people to learn this information because it changes their lives. Yes. And and I want her to, to speak on that because I know when she, she just mentioned, like she wants people to learn it before they have to dig themselves out. Um, as a graduate student at UMass Amherst, I used to t see students in the campus center, you know, come to college all bubbly. And I always say they give their credit away for a free Frisbee, quote unquote free, squishy ball, t-shirt, right? Yes. To get that first credit card. Yes. I ain't going to say what they buy with it for the whole month of September. <laughs> yes. But by Columbus Day, the credit card was maxed, and they were like, I got to pay it? <laughs> and their credit score was starting to drop precipitously. Yes. So talk about your work in an educational environment, you know, um, pre uh well, K twelve. Yeah, K -12. yeah, absolutely. So, like, you I, do you mind if I just touch on whatever, that last whatever point? way you so want to go? I, with. I just taught in a um, local college here, and one of the topics was credit. And a student, first year student, said, "I'm already in credit card debt." First year student. So, meaning just out of high school, this particular student, because not all first year students are just out of high school. She was just out of high school, and her first year of college, she was already in credit card debt, struggling, like help me with this credit card debt. So that's why it's important. So I'll get to now what you specifically asked. That's why my goal um, for the state of Connecticut, because um, hopefully it'll be the 18th state, because right now 17 states um, 
in the United States have mandated personal finance to be required in high schools before graduation. So my goal and some of the work that I have done have been in high schools, particularly in Connecticut, but I've gone to other high schools as well. And um, I have done high schools. There are other people that do work from younger than high schools. Um, I have a whole coloring book available for younger students. But my goal is when you get to high school to begin as early as ninth grade, like that's what would really be ideal. But at a bare minimum that you are required to take a half semester course in high school, not only do you come to a session of mine, which I host a lot, we'll talk about that later, a 90 minute session or half day session, you come for a day, maybe get some lunch and foods and breakfast and take in the information, mm-hmm. ask questions, and then I'm gone. What other subject is taught that way? People go to school. They hear the lecturer, the teacher, the professor. They are assessed on the information. They're quizzed. They are then taught it again. They get a grade. If you didn't do well, you have to take it again. That has to be the same thing with personal finance. It's an essential life skill. No matter which direction you go after high school, um, and into the military, into mm-hmm. a trade school, off to work, off to college, and and sometimes high school students, especially the elder high school students are the helpers at home. Not so much the working helpers, but just the information sharing. So the dinner table conversation, that gets integrated in it because when kids learn stuff at home, especially when they're puzzled, they're going home, mom, dad, did you know? What is compound interest? What is 401? Like that becomes the conversation. And if the parent doesn't know about it, then as a parent, we then, we gotta go, we gotta figure out so that we can answer the child. So now it becomes something that's being talked about in the house, which helps the overall household. So people can start, in in order to start a business, to do whatever you need to do, you have to understand at a basic level how money works, how the banking system where the money is housed, how that works. So if you get it before you start adulting, Right, it is better versus adulting. There goes that word again. (laughs) Versus adulting and trying to figure it out. Like you can get out of it when you choose to, right? (laughs) Adulting. So I, 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 I I am. I have been. I've had a great, great opportunity to participate in a press conference when it was a House bill um, for this requirement that I'm talking about. I then had a wonderful opportunity to speak in person at the uh, for the Senate bill when there was a um, a hearing on that. Um, I'm I'm glad to say that the Senate bill has now passed out of the committee and hopefully it continues on on to continue on. I know there's some opposition because there's a lot. Our kids have a lot of requirements on them. Um, long, I don't know if it'll long get a school day. Um, But all I can say to those listening, please support this because 17 states have been able to do it um, successfully. And we are, we're Connecticut. We're Connecticut. Why wouldn't Connecticut want this to be something that all students have access to? You know, one person at the hearing said, if we don't do this, then we need to take it out of any school that offer it because that in itself is an inequality. Like why does one school have it and another doesn't? That ain't gonna happen. We ain't letting it go in Windsor. But, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, <laughs> I, I understand. I understand let, the passion. You understand what I'm. But but but, but the point is, you there's certain. You can probably name the districts that have this um, information available to their students. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they know the importance of it. So the schools that haven't gotten there yet usually are the schools that don't have a lot. At the bare minimum, we have to make sure they understand money because sometimes those are the students that don't that can't afford maybe, I'll say, go on to college. So they're going out into the work field. They need it even more. 
They need not, not, not more. I shouldn't say that they need it as well, because I think people, people think when you live in certain areas and you have access to certain money, that means you don't need the education. You still need the education. We've talked about that already. So, um, it's about understanding all of our youth needs financial education mm -hmm. and they need to be, they need, it needs to be a course that's given, assessed, graded and passed before they graduate. And I am confident that these students will have a better life with less stress. And it doesn't mean that they'll make 230. I'm not, I'm not attesting to that. What I'm saying is they will have less stress about how to work the money because it does become a stress factor when you don't know how to make ends meet, when you uh, get your paycheck and now it's all spent. What the heck happened? You're trying to figure out what's going on. Right. And when you understand, at least if you make different decisions, that's up to you, but you're not making them because you're not, you don't, you're not educated on how it's supposed to happen. So, yeah. so I, I can say this, and I'm not going to try to make this the most controversial podcast, but um, I support, you know, that bill and that, that, that movement. Um, I do understand, as Ms. Dixon said, that, you know, there are districts, they don't want another mandated uh, course. However, one of the things that I, I actually said to some, you know, politicians and other educators is, okay, so we added another uh, component of health. I'm not saying I'm against health at all, but... Let's be real. So another half a credit course in health mandated by the state, that's going to do what? I'm, I'm sarcastic. People are still getting fat. They still eating and drinking what they want. Um, so you're not going to make people do anything with their health. They're going to choose. And even if they just get the credit or half a credit and get out of your school system, they're going to still go to work, yes. go to the military, yeah. go to college. And without this financial literacy or this financial education, they're going to mess themselves up. Mm -hmm. And when you get worried, what do you do? You're gonna eat, right? So <laughs> or drink or and, do right. whatever. Well, and if and if you thing. broke and you ain't got no good, if you don't have uh, you know mm -hmm. good control of your money, you're gonna eat poorly. Mm -hmm. So folks aren't even thinking how there's a, a interconnectedness, yes. right? Of the the poverty or the low level of income or disposable income, and how you choose to eat, yes. right? Certain communities yes. they they are in what we call food deserts. Maybe we might have to have a part two here on this uh, particular <laughs> podcast, but they don't—they don't get the best foods and groceries. They yeah. just don't. Yeah. Again, people may not like that, but it's just true. Mm -hmm. And so, and they're going to get the stuff that's priced for their income level versus other places. And I'm not going to name any kinds of stores. That's not my job. But people really need to understand that. So we mandate what we want to mandate. Mm -hmm. Right. But is it really necessary? Mm -hmm. Do I need that course to get out of high school in this country? That's right. I need personal finance because there is not one person on this planet that is. And I said planet mm -hmm. that is not going to deal with some system of currency. Exactly. Some system. Exactly. And if you spend more than you bring in, you're digging a hole. Yes. However you want to look at it. That's the basics of finance. Yes. You can't spend more than you bring in. That's right. And then you can't do, I, I love her water cooler piece. <laughs> you can't get to all the other things, right? So um, I can appreciate that beach house and yes. the other things that people can get. And it doesn't take as much money as people think because wealthy uh, athletes yes. so to speak, or rich, I won't yes. say wealthy because that's another conversation, yes. but rich athletes go broke. Yes. They talk, they make millions. They make millions. And you're like, well, how did I go broke? 
It's like because you spent more money than you brought in. Exactly. And they act as though that money's going to always come in. So just for this is more for my young people that are like aspiring to be these athletes. I'm not telling you not to dream. Yeah. But you can't play ball forever. Exactly. You just can't. Eventually your body says, This is done. And so you need to ensure that you're going to be able to live at the same level if that's your desire that you're at while you're playing. So you have to invest your money, as Ms. Dixon has said, in various investment instruments so that your money will be there and you can live at the level at which you aspire to live and that you live that when you were actively playing, which is working, which she said, the nine to five. Because yeah. we all are going to not be able to work at this level at some point. Yeah. But uh, I don't even know what to do with this because this one here is, uh, you know, I'm going to have to put a cap on this one, guys. We may have to do a part two on something else because this is so much um, to ingest at one time. And this is also something that's so important to me. So as I said at the beginning, I was really looking forward to having her on this show because when I talk about this stuff and friends and family are like, you always talk about this. And I'm like, you always broke. Like, <laughs> so if I teach you, you can stop asking. You don't yes. have to borrow, yes. right? And someone taught me. Yes. You know, I had the good fortune, thank God, of going to a business high school. Mm -hmm. So again, I started learning this early. And then I worked in the military in personnel and finance. Mm -hmm. And I read and read and read. And then I went to college for business. So this is what I do. Mm -hmm. This is what I think about. This is the stuff that I know. Something you said uh, a little while back, I want to say amen <laughs> when you said it about kids learning this early in school. Mm -hmm. Because of the school I went to and what I learned, I did share that information with my parents. Yes. So, and we still do. Yes. And I say we because my youngest brother, he's actually a CPA. Yeah. And, you know extremely uh, gifted in financial, <laughs> you know, investments and everything else. Yes. So we share all what we've learned with our parents, yes. right? We feel like that's our obligation. Yes. You know, our parents worked hard so we could be educated yes. and we're blessed yes. and we're, you know, we understand money and how to do it. And we, so, you know, my mom has no problem saying, hey, what do I do with all this? Yes. Right? <laughs> she bring the basket. Yes. I got a basket of money. What do I do with it? <laughs> exactly and we say, mom, Put your money here. Do that. Nope, don't buy that. Why you want to do it? Because I like them shoes. Yes. Like now, you still get to have fun. I don't want people. I don't want people to understand. Like thinking it's just like you suffering. Because uh, Dr. Hill liked to shop. So, but I shop with truly disposable income. So, in a nutshell, that's the money you got after you done paid all your bills, exactly. invested in your savings and your retirement. That's that play play money. Yeah. Not monopoly money, but the play play. Well, money. and that you you hit on it because I think a lot of times people think when they when they learn the fundamentals and they begin to budget. At first I say if you don't like the word budgeting, call it something else. Call it your spending right. plan, your money meeting. Getting it right. Getting it right or whatever, right? And the budgeting in that process is not about um restriction. It's about empowering you to know how much discretionary funds that you have. Mm -hmm. And then maybe there's a need for delayed gratification. So maybe you can't go say say that statement. I learned as a little boy. What's that called Maybe again? Maybe there's a need for delayed gratification. So if that you, could be layaway. Yeah, yeah. If you like steak at Flemings, I'm not saying don't go, but she maybe you can't. Maybe, maybe you can't go this pay cycle. You have to go next pay cycle because your X Y Z bill was due. The next one, that bill, that same bill is not going to be due in the same month. Most people get paid every two weeks. So now Flemings is next week. So you may say, Doctor Hill, you don't have to say I don't have enough money to go with you to dinner tonight. Well, I, I got some. Whatever you I got a scheduling conflict. Here. Whatever. I, I let's let's pick it up a couple weeks. I could do 5:30 next Friday. Whatever that is. Right. So sometimes people are afraid to share 
they're not exactly where they may be. And then sometimes that contributes to them getting into financial ruin because they're trying to keep up, you know, with the Joneses is what folks says. You know, you sometimes the Joneses are a paycheck away from um, repossession. Um, so you can't, you got to keep up with you and be, keep being the better you. Keep having the more money than you had before. And that's it. Because personal finance is personal. I don't care if you work for the same employer, you drive the same car, live on the same street. What your expenses are, are unique to you. And what your desires are, are unique to you. So you have to make sure that you are doing right by your money because it's my money and I'm going to make sure that I'm doing right by it. And the way that I do that is spend time with it, be intimate with it. Every time I get it, I'm going to sit down and have my money meeting before I start spending. So when I do spend, I'm not going to have regret because I knew that I can spend X dollars at Fleming's. I knew I can go to Starbucks and buy whatever for the next week because I plan for that accordingly. That's that's exactly how that happens. And I I am, for those of you listening, I am not telling you because I know this by what I've learned. I know this because this was my real life. My real life, I had to step back and say, what if I turn, if anything happens, I have worked really hard. I've climbed the corporate ladder and I don't have anything to show for it because I don't own the house or car. I still had a mortgage and I still had a car payment. Mm -hmm. My daughter can be taken out of school if I don't make a a payment. Mm -hmm. So I had to step back and say, I want to be able to say, I don't owe anything. In order to do that, I had to change the way that I was doing it. And I know I'm not an insane person. So I, I knew what I couldn't continue to do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. So I had to change what I was doing. So yes, I fell off a couple times, but all, but I was better and better each time. I was better and better each time, better and better each time. And when I mastered it, that's when I said, now I need to go out and tell everybody how to do this because I don't think they understand that it could be done, right? They don't. I don't think they understood or understand that it could be them. It doesn't just have to be the person at the water cooler. It could be it could be you too, and it could be you too, and it could be you too. You know, even if you're not at the six. The seven, the multiple six figures. It could be you at whatever level you are. And you have to stay within your means, right? If you're not making six figures, you can't try to live like you are by way of credit cards. You have to stay within your mean and then begin to go there. So, yeah. I'm going to try to wrap up here. This is like, (laughs) while I'm sitting here like, yo, it's so... I also tell people, Ms. Dixon, sometimes, you know, like, oh, I I like that car you got, like this, you know. People see a lot of things, Mm -hmm. right? And they like, and... uh, I also tell them, I said, well, I'm 54, so this wasn't what I was rolling with at 18, yes. you know. So, yes, y'all, I don't, Dr. Hill's not uh, afraid to say I've had to hoopty um, or two. And, you know, I've had to be the gentleman and open up the passenger door for my guests so I could actually get in my car. Um, you know? <laughs> I've had the boom box that my guests had to hold, not because I wanted to play two tapes at the same time, but... I couldn't have the stereo work and the headlights on the car too. Mm. So, but what it is, like, I did what I had to so I could get to what I wanted to. Ooh, say that again. And I get that from my grandfather, so I can't take the credit for that. My late grandfather, Mr. Jimmy Mayweather, would say, you do what you have to so you could do what you want yes. to. And so... We're going to leave it right there. I want to thank Ms. Dixon for Thank you so much, Mr. Hill, for having me on. Again, my name is Petrina Dixon. My brand across everywhere is It's My Money. And if you have young people that are in high school, and especially for schools that don't offer personal finance, April 22nd, I'm hosting an event that's 
completely sponsored. We have uh, spots for 50 kids. Follow me wherever um, you can follow me online and find out information about that. It is on April 22nd from 10 to 2, free for them to attend, and they will get some personal finance concepts and walk away with handouts and a book. So make sure that you uh, check that out as well. Thank you so much. Yes, thank uh, And you. maybe we will have to bring her back. Y'all let us know if you want another episode of this. And as I always say, thank you for joining us, Chat and Chill with Super Hill. And if you didn't know, now you know. Bensounds.com.